Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here from the Locked On Nationals podcast, brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off on your next order. On today's show, we have a bit of Nationals news. We'll check in on the Chris Bryant rumors. We'll check in on some other rumors across the league and get to some other news and notes as well. Whole lot coming here on today's show. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get to it. I did say that there was some Washington Nationals news, and there is today. Um, it's actually from a couple days ago. On the 21st, this was ended. This kind of slipped through the cracks for me just because of the Chris Bryant rumors, a lot of focus on that, but uh, kind of some sad news. The Nationals have ended their affiliation with the Hagerstown Suns. That was their single-A affiliate. I'm going to read from an article here coming from Bob City from, the Hagerstown, uh, from HagerstownSports.com. He writes that the single-A minor league baseball team announced it is no longer affiliated with the Washington Nationals in a recent email sent to the franchise's season ticket holders. In essence, it was implied that it was the beginning of the end of a team which called Municipal Stadium home for the last four decades. Suns general manager Travis Painter sent the news on Friday, said, quote, Good evening. It is the heavy heart that I am writing to let you know that the Washington Nationals have decided not to renew their affiliation with the Hagerstown Suns. This brings 40 years of Hagerstown, Hagerstown Suns baseball to a close. Thank you for your support. Over those years, it has been my privilege to be a part of it for the last five years, end quote. Uh, he said Painter had no further comment about the Suns situation. Closes email with instruction for refunds and for fan accounts. Um, the big the big story here, guys, is you know a lot across Major League Baseball, or across Minor League Baseball, rather. But Major League Baseball had made the announcement that there was going to be a reduction in minor league teams. Um, it was going to be about 25% of affiliated members, what they said they were going to do. And there's a bunch of teams that are on this list. We've talked about it as nauseum on the show, the danger that minor league baseball teams are in because of the pandemic and because the money situation. And it's really upsetting to see, um, you know, jobs being lost. Uh, and this was, you know, that's the first thing, right? People losing their jobs and this, you know, not being an outlet for people to be able to go and uh, make money and that, those kinds of things. The second part of it is, you know, you worry about that connection to certain parts of the country when they're losing minor league baseball teams. Uh, in a lot of ways, those teams are, people's connection to going and seeing baseball games at a professional level, right? Uh, it's under, you know, I know there's 30 MLB teams, but there are less than 30 places, 30 cities in the country where Major League Baseball is played, right? A lot of states, you know, there's some states like New York and Los Angeles have two teams. So, you know, the number of cities uh, that have Major League Baseball is actually quite small. And these places are important, right? You know, this is a this is a a fan base, you know, fan base, but a, a team that's been around for forty years. You know, it's people who have uh, are used to going and seeing these games. You know, it's gone. And I remember when I went to see you know the Richmond Braves play, and now it's the Richmond Flying Squirrels. But when they left, it was upsetting. It was sad because those were my first memories of seeing professional baseball. We're going to see Richmond Braves games. Um, you know, it was for us the Washington Nationals were not around when I was really young, when I was five and six, seven years old. And the only place I could go see baseball professionally that was close to me was there, right? Baltimore was, Baltimore is two and a half hours away, two and a half, three hours away. Closest ballpark, you know, that was the closest ballpark to go to. And I went to one Orioles game growing up. And 
Uh, I, I do think that these minor league stadiums and these minor league teams are very vital to the survival of baseball, uh, baseball fandom too. I think it's important that we know you're able to maintain that connection with minor league baseball, with the sport of baseball. It, it really does help. And so it's sad to see stuff like this happen. Um, you know, in this article, it says that Hagerstown, along with the Fredericksburg Keys, a Baltimore A-class affiliate, uh, was targeted as one of the 42 teams at risk for being eliminated, low attendance, and the deteriorating state of the 80-year-old municipal stadium put the Suns on the block. It was a cost-saving move for the MLB with an eye toward improving pay, care, and facilities for the minor leaguers. And that is something I, you know, I'm on board with. Um, I do think it's important that those minor leaguers, you know, get treated well, right? The, I, you know, the the diamond here in uh, Richmond, Virginia is not very nice. It's called the diamond. It's not not a great facility, right? It's it's a decently sized stadium, but it's not a great facility to go and play baseball in. And you think about places like Asheville, where there's you know really nice minor league stadiums, right? It's a good place to go see a ball game. That's what it should be. There should be nice venues, and the, you know, these guys should feel like pros. They shouldn't feel like they're playing at high schools and things like that. So, you know, that's something that I think is it's a valid concern. But also too, it's it's tough to see that you know these these places uh you know they're struggling like this. And and look, not every you know a lot of cities in, in these times don't have money for stadiums. You know, especially minor league stadiums. I mean, Richmond tried to build one years and years ago and could never get that through. And uh, it was, you know, it's that's part of this, right? Is and we see this across in major league sports too. Building a stadium sometimes is a difference between keeping a team in a location and them leaving. So with the pandemic, it did accelerate a lot of those things. I I think that we've been seeing already, right? There's a lot of that. You know, I think the Kings, the most recent example, the Bucks were a good example too of teams that were threatening to leave places or, you know, considering leaving places because of the stadium, uh, the quality of their stadium. And, uh, you know, we, we see like the Warriors travel to go to, they go to San Francisco, right? Golden State Warriors, kind of Oakland's team. Now they go to San Francisco and, you know, they move to that part uh, of, of the Bay Area. Uh, this stuff does happen and it's, it's upsetting and sad to see, you know, that, that a lot of time facilities is the dictate, you know, dictates where uh, a lot of teams are going to play. And it's tough to see that strike at this level and go take out a team that's been there for, you know, um, you know, playing the 80 year old stadium and that's a problem, but also it's been there for 40 years and you know, it's, that's a valuable place also for minor leaguers to get uh, experience on that front. I'm not really sure what's next. I don't really know. I'm not privy to the uh, division, how they're going to like build things from here, you know, where they're going to send guys, right. Um, they send more to the instructional league or, or rookie ball. I, I don't know what the strategy is here. And as we get more information on that, you know, I'll update you guys and we'll kind of talk about uh, what that means for the young guys and for their development. But for right now, you know, it's upsetting to see the Nationals uh, losing a single A affiliate, you know, week after they move their triple A affiliate. So uh, that is something that is, you know, it's not, you don't, you don't love to see this, but it is Nationals news. So it is worth hitting on. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we will talk about some of the news around the league, including some rumors of trades, uh, some Chris Bryant chatter. What's the latest on that? We talked about that yesterday with Sean Sears. Check out that episode. Really, really good conversation with him about Chris Bryant and uh, what he means to Chicago and his play lately and his injuries and uh, what the package could be the Nationals send to the, to the Cubs. So uh, check out that episode. It's up in your podcast feed. It was yesterday's. But we'll take a break and we come back more from around the league. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. And Built Bar has an awesome offer coming your way. If you're dreaming of a white Christmas, take advantage of their Black Friday deals. They've got an all-new white chocolate bar 
while supplies last. With, uh, with white chocolate, cookies, and cream, it's 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and 5 grams of sugar. So it's delicious. It's good for you as well. And uh, if you guys have had the Bilt Bars, you know they just, they're legit. They, they are excellent. I also have white chocolate salted caramel, which I'm 100% going to try. I am a cookies and cream ice cream person, but the salted caramel plus white chocolate, like that's that's an unbeatable combination. That one's the same. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and four grams of sugar. Uh, you get two free candy cane brownie bars with every item purchased. And you can take advantage of these deals right now if you guys go to BuiltBar.com. Uh, they're offering 25% off for Black Friday. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, for uh, you know an extra bonus. Uh, you know I think it's going to take another 20% off there of whatever you have. So right now, you know, Bill Bar is offering a lot on Black Friday and also even more through us. A couple more flavors they have, guys. White chocolate cherry sundae, delicious. White chocolate coconut deluxe. Um, you know, the candy cane brownie, all right? And they also have a free advent calendar they're offering as well. So go to BuiltBar.com right now. Get 25% off for Black Friday. Uh, so don't go right now. Wait wait till you know Thanksgiving at 5 p.m. And then you get 25% off plus... The promo code locked on for an extra 20% off, I believe, uh, on your order at BuiltBar.com. Perfect time to stock up. All right, let's get to some news around the league. Uh, the most notable thing happening that is, you know, in in writing uh, is the Braves have signed Charlie Morton. And this is important because he's, he's their second signing of the offseason when it comes to the pitching. This comes from Mark Feinzen of MLE.com. He said the Rays were the other team that were a finalist for Morton, but in the end, it ended up being uh, the Braves. He joins Drew Smiley, who they've also signed this offseason, and they'll join the rotation of Soroka, Freed, Anderson, and Kyle Wright. So, I mean, plenty of pitching options for the Braves heading into next season. It is a one-year, $15 million contract. Um, it also matches the sum that the Rays could have retained him for had they simply exercised the club option for the upcoming season. It seems that Tampa Bay had hoped to keep Morden at a lesser rate for the upcoming season, perhaps seeking the leverage their, uh, to leverage their proximity to his family's home in Brandonton. But the market for Morden proved to be strong. He will remain reasonably close to his family. It's a 75-minute flight from Atlanta to Tampa, and now uh, to return to the organization that originally drafted him back in 2002. Morton, 37, battled some shoulder fatigue and was limited to nine starts in 38 innings in 2020. Pitched to a 4.74 ERA in that short time. Uh, down, he had some downtime on the IL, but uh, did, you know, did make a strong county of himself in the playoffs. And Charlie Morton, too. Uh, you know, you guys know the season last year, uh, not an indicator of, of how good he is. Just want to, want to note really quickly, guys, this is also from Steve Adams at MLB Trade Rumors that I'm currently reading from. So, yeah, Charlie Morton, man, I, I credit the Braves for being in the market early and going and acquiring guys and getting, you know, these quality arms. Uh, Drew Smiley and Charlie Morton were two guys that I think we definitely talked about the Nationals maybe being in on, right? Maybe having some uh, some interest and acquiring them and, and getting their services. But, uh, you know, the, the Braves were were active and went and got Smiley and went and they went and got um, uh, Morden. I think you know, when you consider their 
uh, the injury issues they had this season and how many youthful arms they ended up having to trust. And the, look, those guys were great. But uh, I think if you know, if you ask Brian Snicker if he wanted to trust that many young fellas, the answer would be no. So now they've got some good veteran backup. And not just backup. I mean, these guys are quality starters. Drew Smiley and Charlie Morton are quality starters. $15 million, that was a bit outside of the Nationals' price range, right? I, I don't think that was uh, a deal that was worth pursuing for them. Drew Smiley's deal was a bit less, and I, I think that was the right price range, and he was the right kind of guy. We didn't specifically talk about him as much, but, you know, Robbie Ray's gone, he's gone, and I think the one guy now we're all thinking about, at least I'm thinking about, is Taiwan Walker. So that's where my mind directly goes to, because this market, guys, I mean, this market for, for pitchers is going to keep moving. Right, this market for pitchers uh, is not slowing down. It's the one market that seems to be pretty active and consistently going. So, uh, Charlie Morton going to the Braves and look, and at least team adds <laughs> adds another strong player. Um, another other a couple other notes. This is in the rumor realm. So, according to Ken Rosenthal of the Athletic, Carlos Correa's name is being floated by the Astros in some trade talks. Uh, this isn't the first time that Correa has been mentioned. It was mentioned as a possibility last year, although it was shut down at the time. So we're going to see where this goes uh, and where they want to go because I know they've got some contracts and, um, you know, Springer and Brantley being free agents and Verlander coming off Tommy John. Maybe it's time for the Astros to kind of take a step back and reevaluate, right? I mean, this team, look, they went 30 and 31 or whatever it was this year, 29, 31. And made the playoffs, right? They made the, I mean, they damn near went to the World Series. But nobody thinks that if it was a full season, that Astros team was going to be able to hang in there for that long just because the pitching, uh, it look, looked great in the playoffs. But I was not sold on that long term. And with all these guys becoming free agents now, maybe it is time that they do take a step back, even though I, I think they do, you know, if they just wanted to retool, they could, but it was, it's going to cost them, obviously. But yeah, losing Brantley, losing Springer, who we both think, We'll end up leaving, most likely, right? It kind of puts you in a spot where, all right, maybe we do take a step back here, right? Maybe we do kind of hold off on uh, you know, pursuing a championship and try to regroup and, and then uh, remake, uh, you know, make another run uh, in the upcoming years. So, And also Rosenthal notes that the Astros are not likely to pursue Bauer, Real Muto, or LeMahieu. And Springer is the fourth guy that you'd mentioned with being the, one of the big big dogs, I guess you could say, in, in this class. So if they're not going any, after any of the big dogs and with kind of the spot they're in, that does tell you a little something about what their plans are, maybe looking towards the future, right? And an eye towards uh, what is coming next. And we just spoke about Charlie Morton, uh, you know, going to the Rays. Maybe a team that does not have their eyes fully on the future. There are rumors that they are shopping. They are shopping the, uh, Blake Snell. So that's something to consider, too, is that maybe another team uh, is not looking to go ahead. But the, once again, that price tag is going to be extremely high for Blake Snell. Um, you know, a pitcher who's coming off, you know, winning. He's, he's won a sign in the last three years. So that's somebody that's going to be coveted. Uh, and for the Rays, this this is the, you know, sell high, I guess, approach that they usually go for. Buy low, sell high in a sense that, you know, this is a team that was – in the World Series, but didn't play particularly well in the, didn't hit particularly well, I should say, in the playoffs. And maybe they're looking to bolster that, right? Maybe they do trust their ability. But look, they've lost, you know, if they lose Snell, they're going to be losing another pitcher. So I don't think they end up moving him. I think some of these bigger guys get difficult to move. And that kind of transitions into Chris Bryant, right? Where it's, I don't think we're going to see Bryant get moved just because it is such a large contract. And he is somebody that is, 
and that, that just makes it challenging when you're when you're going to be offering or you're asking for a whole lot. But uh, I think that Chris Bryant, if what we're seeing is those talks might be still ongoing, we're seeing some reports that there have been other trade offers as well in the past. I believe that there was one discussed between the Red Sox and the Cubs this past summer. So. You know, we've known that the that the Cubs are kicking the tires on Bryant. We've we've been knowing this for a while now, but I do think it's interesting uh, when it comes to this that you know, kind of we're seeing more stories and that the the idea has been to trade Chris Bryant, maybe to move Chris Bryant for a while now. So we we should be uh, we'll be tracking that and keeping an eye on that. Uh, Want to let you guys know what's coming up. See, this is a this is Wednesday's episode, so on Thursday, I'm going to release unless there's some breaking news. I'm going to release my Thanksgiving lineup. All right, I'm going to create a lineup one to nine, just the way I, you know, nine things that are involved in my Thanksgiving. I'm going to put them in order, basically like they're a lineup, right? Like you know, you know, to give you some context, maybe you know, uh, I'm going to put stuffing uh, batting third for me, right? So I'm going to have stuffing batting third because uh, I just I love stuffing. So I think you guys uh, will enjoy that. Maybe if there is any baseball news, I will include that in there as well. And also Friday too, we'll you know stay on things. Uh, get back on track with some of the latest news and what's happening in the league. I do think things will pause a little bit as we hit Thanksgiving, but once again, you guys know the offseason, the hot stove, rather, never cools down. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Follow me at Josh Neighbors. Follow the show at LO underscore Nationals. All right? And everybody, please stay safe out there and enjoy your Thanksgiving week. <laughs>